Man, it's good to be in his house. I'm glad everybody's made it in. I know, uh, man, some of y'all drove in from pretty good distance, and uh, it's exciting stuff. Um, how many of you are ready to learn something new tonight? Yeah. So I look around the room, and I, I know almost everybody. Uh, and, man, this is, this is like if you were going to the All-Star game, this is who you would want. <laughs> we got all the heavy hitters in here. We all bat number four, I think, right? Uh, yeah, man, it's, it's awesome to see you all. And um, it's so cool that we can come together, and uh, especially what God's doing uh, here with us at CORE. Uh, man, it's just beautiful to share the kingdom, build the kingdom, and have our amazing friend, uh, Dub Alexander, come down and just lay that heavy revy on us, right? That's, uh, that's, you'll hear uh, a lot of us quote that a lot. That's kind of been the, it, I think that started as a joke, as a, something to make you laugh, but it's just true. <laughs> it's heavy revy that comes, man, and it's good stuff. So um, a few things about tonight. We are going to have... Um, some giveaways. We got some books to give away. We've got uh, actually the identity statement process that Dub goes through with you. Uh, how many of you in here have done that with Dub? Raise your hand if you've done that. So, okay, about four or five of us. That's going to be cool, man. Um, we'll, look, we'll talk about that later. Uh, we're actually going to give that away. Uh, so you'll get a session on that. And uh, a couple other things. Um, Dub's going to jump up here and just start training away. We'll do some activations and um, and then we're going to take a break at six o'clock. We'll do 10 minutes. We're going to go military style. That means you got 10 minutes. <laughs> Does that make sense? 10 minutes is 10 minutes. And then we're going to start and doing some giveaways, uh, at 610. So, uh, yeah, be ready for that. And, uh, we really, um, so it wasn't just that he's our friend. We get him down here and hear what he's, you know, what he's sharing. So you can hear that, but we also really want to promote and highlight uh, the school that Dove has, which is School of Kingdom Prophets, um, there's about six, eight, ten of us, I guess, in here that are uh, that are in the school, and um, I, I cannot, uh, for the life of me, give you enough um, accolades of how awesome the school is. It's just that simple. It's just amazing, and uh, we're going to showcase some of that tonight as well. And uh, so we want we really want to promote. Uh, you know, his gifting, his value, and what he brings, uh, and he'll talk about that later on, so uh, please do that. Please tell us about the school, what it's like, price-wise. You know, I know there's some changes in the future. He's growing and expanding, and so it's just a good and exciting stuff. Amen? And so uh, tonight, we're just going to sit here and learn how to hear the Father better, and that's, uh, you know, it's a beautiful thing is, uh, I think for so long in church culture, we thought that that was like a specialized opportunity. Like you got to hear Father when he was pleasantly happy with you, that he would bless you with his ambiance for a moment, maybe. Like it was like, I think that's how it was in church culture. And then we realized, hey, wait a minute, God's always speaking. We can always hear him. And we just have to fine tune and, and tie in, and I, and I love that. So I'm excited tonight to learn something new and, and experience it. So uh, it's been good, good stuff. Amen? So uh, would y'all do something for me? We're, if you want to, there's no, uh, here at CORE, we don't, we don't tell you what you got to do. Just if you want to join us, if you don't mind standing, um, we're not going to have worship tonight, uh, and, but uh, at least not in the form of music, right? We're not going to, you know, get up here and stomp and break guitar strings tonight. 
uh, although I love doing that. But uh, I love, love in Psalms where he says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. That's such a picture of entering into, into his presence, right? And even though his presence, he's omnipresent. He's right here right now, right? But we want to make a conscious effort tonight and step into that with some gratitude, with some thankfulness. I don't know about you, but I got a lot to be thankful for. Amen. So can we just, look, if you want to close your eyes or not, if you can just focus for a minute on something about him, his goodness is, you know, just, just take a moment and let's, let's just align our hearts with some, some purposeful gratitude tonight. And, um, if you would, would you mind just, just thanking him right there with your own words tonight, just however you want to express your grat- Man, you feel that right there? <laughs> you feel him just kind of come in the minute everybody starts to focus on gratitude. He just comes in. And man, Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you tonight, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your heart for us, for your passion in creating us and loving us, Father. We thank you that you had a plan uh, for us, God, and you, you're just so amazing towards us. We, we thank you, Jesus, that you, you loved us enough to make a way uh, we, we love you, Jesus, for your, your sacrifice, which bought us. And we thank you that you live in us so much. We thank you, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, man, we thank you so much that you, you simply move, that your purpose is to reveal the Father's heart to us and through us. So right now, tonight, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you with gratitude. We, thank, we are thankful tonight for what you're about to do. And uh, Lord, we just right now, I just ask that you help us to unlock the greater capacity in our thinking and our understanding and help us to uh, pursue and to step out in faith tonight because uh, you're so wanting to draw us in deeper and lift us up on a deeper platform. Lord, we thank you so much tonight in Jesus name. Amen. He's good. Amen. You feel that presence? Are y'all with me? Yeah? Yeah? It's good stuff, man. He's just good. Man, can you give him a hand clap or something? I, I know. Right about here is where I hit that power E chord and break that low E, but I don't have it, so it's all good. So, Dub, you come on up, man. Tell you what, this guy is amazing and awesome. Uh, so he is actually uh, um, a covert prophet in a lot of ways to the world. And that's something else that is, I don't know if you're going to touch on that tonight, but you know, we used to think that, uh, you know, the man of God had to stand up here. And that's, you know, when you knew that guy was coming, you would start to repent. You know what I'm talking about? Then you all of a sudden get sick. Oh, I can't go to church today. You know what I'm talking about? That's not at all accurate. That's just a lie from the pit of hell. (laughs) That's church culture stuff. But Dub has this amazing way of teaching and living how to um, bring the word of God, in his case, to the leaders of nations. He's really he's a governmental prophet and he doesn't you know, I wanted to bring I wanted to find like a gigantic Catholic Bible with Apocrypha and everything and have up here as an example, because we used to go on the streets and look for people to smack in the face with it, you know, and wham, sinner and all. But man, he just brings the word in, the, the living word, so beautiful. That's one thing he teaches in the school is how to, how to just be real. 
Not everybody's going to understand butterflies and unicorns floating over their head and that you've got to spin around and spit BBs. They're not all going to understand that, right? And he's got a great way of explaining that. And so tonight we're going to jump in. So, brother, here you go. Have at it. We love you much, man. Awesome. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Yeah, thank you all for coming out. Uh, you guys can have a seat. All good, all good. So uh, this is my boy Joel. He flew all the way from Northern California to hang out with us this weekend. And so I think that uh, he probably wins the distance award. Uh, he informed me when I walked in that, uh, bro, this ain't a Zoom call. <laughs> You're wearing shorts. <laughs> I, was, I realized that I need to be sponsored by Coppertone and uh, <laughs> blinding white lights. But uh, it'll be, so the cameraman, if you can keep the camera tilted up a little, that'll be great. I'm self-conscious now. I wasn't until Joe got here. But <laughs> It's fine. I'm fine. It's fine. Uh, got Gary and Martha from the Woodlands, originally from my Amarillo area, but they're down here now. They're hanging out with us. Uh, Huey and Penny drove up from the Bay uh, down in the Gulf area. Thank you all for coming in. So awesome. So many good friends. And so I'm excited to be with you all. Yeah, I love um, when the prophetic becomes a lifestyle uh, rather than a ministry, right? Because in American church culture, when we hear the word ministry, we automatically think a pastor or a servant, when actually the word ministry is a governmental word, right? So if you were here last night, we talked about how the, the kingdom is familial in nature. It's a royal family that's meant to rule and reign, governmental. Jesus didn't come to bring a religion. He came to bring a government. For unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And so when Scripture talks about the fivefold, and it says that the, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, the prophet, and the apostle are Jesus's gift to the church, to the ecclesia, to the body of Christ for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. When you hear ministry, you should think the administration of the kingdom, right? Because the all of the church is in the kingdom, but not all the kingdom is in the church, right? The purpose of the church is to equip you to expand and extend the kingdom in the world. It's actually impossible to grow the kingdom in the church because all the church is already in the kingdom. And so when we are equipping you today, we are equipping you as a saint to go out with the prophetic grace upon your life in order to implement it into your workplace, into your school, into whatever sphere of influence you are a part of. And you have the ability to do that both overtly, right? This is what I feel like the Lord is saying for you. Or if you're old school, thus saith the Lord, all right? Or covertly, okay? So how many of you know that truth is truth and it doesn't have to wear a Jesus t-shirt? Because truth is not a thing. Truth is a person. Because Jesus said, I am the truth. So when you release truth into a situation, when you hear the heart of the Father and you communicate what that is, truth is going to do what truth is going to do, whether it sounds like Christianese or not. So when I'm working in the UN and I sit with presidents of different nations, heads of state, prime ministers all around the world, I prophesy into their lives and into their nation 90% of the time covertly. What does that look like? Well, that looks like changing my phrasing 
into such a way that they want to hear what I have to say. They're going to receive what I have to say. They have the authority to shift what's going on there in their nation so that their people experience the goodness of God ideas. And that's the end goal, right? I'm not going in there as a prophetic evangelist. In, in other words, I don't have to get that leader to pray the prayer to have a win. I'm going for the long game. I'm creating a relationship with them. I'm the one who is sharing the ideas of God for their nation. And whenever they implement those, whenever they shift things in their nation and align with God's plan for their nation, what happens? All the people prosper. All the people get to experience the goodness of God, the kindness of God. And it's the kindness of God or the goodness of God that leads men to repentance, metanoia, changing the way that they think. It's a long game way of introducing people to the goodness of God, right? And so I'll phrase things like, I believe it would be wisdom to consider, right? Instead of, I think what the Lord would have you do, I think it would be wisdom to consider this. Guess what? I've never met a government official that wasn't looking for wisdom. So as soon as I phrase it that way, guess what? Wisdom is one of the seven spirits of God. Oh, so the supernatural realm knows what I'm talking about. And it still has to submit because I'm still actually referencing the one of whom I'm speaking. But the government official in front of me, regardless if they're Buddhist, Hindu, Islam, atheist, if they got hurt by the church and they hate Christians, their heart pops open to hear what I have to say. Whereas if I said the Lord would say to you, boom, shut. Right? So the prophetic can look so many different ways in your life. And uh, there's a whole bunch of teaching to get to that place. How do you, how do you pull the Christianese out of your language, you know? Uh, I was with a guy one time. And uh, he told a governmental leader who was not from our stream that the Lord wanted to birth something through him. Bad call. Okay. <laughs> if, right? We're in the charismatic stream, right? And like we're always birthing things, right? But if you've never heard that before and some man you don't know says to you, who is a man, right, that God wants to birth something through you, you're like, yeah, you need some pills or something. I have no grid for what you're saying, right? And so learning how to operate in the prophetic in a supernaturally natural way is so impactful and so good. You can just release the prophetic and you are doing what? You are administrating the kingdom of God in a covert way. You release truth. Truth is going to do what truth is going to do. And scripture says that the truth makes people free. So you can just release that, and, and it'll be fantastic. You know, my wife does this covertly as well in, uh, in her school. So she's a fifth-grade teacher in a public school. And not only does she do this, she trains the kids how to do it, and they don't even know it, right? So she's looking at the culture of her classroom. She's looking for the identifiers. There's four identifiers that will tell you if you have established the kingdom in a place, and that is that there will be righteousness, peace, joy, and the presence of the Holy Spirit in a place right? That is not the kingdom, because when you read that verse in Romans, where Paul says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the presence of the Holy Spirit, contextually, the question that is being asked of Paul is, what does it look like when the kingdom is present? The question is, what do I eat? How do I wash my hands? How do I perform? And he's like, no, 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 it doesn't look like that. It looks like righteousness, peace, and joy in the presence of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom is the extension of the heart and the authority of God from heaven on earth through you. That's the kingdom. And when the kingdom is present and established, those four things will be present. 
So if you want to establish or advance the kingdom anywhere, look and see which one of these four am I missing. Identify which one is missing, whether it's righteousness, which is horizontal, a culture of honor between people, and vertically, uh, integrity before the Lord, that things are being done properly, okay? Look for peace, look for joy, and look to see if you can sense the presence of God in the room. Whichever one of those is missing, just ask the Lord, what strategy practically can I implement that will shift that and bring that into the room? Then implement that, and you will have established and advanced the kingdom, So she's looking at her classroom. She's like, okay, is righteousness in my classroom, public school? Is righteousness in my classroom? Well, vertically, yes. I'm doing everything rightly before the Lord. Horizontally, culture of honor, most of the time, but sometimes the kids are poking at each other, right? Picking on each other, messing with each other. Okay, so there's an upgrade there. Uh, Is there joy in my classroom? Yes, because my wife is hilarious. She's always making the kids laugh, all right? So that's done. Uh, Is there peace in my classroom? Most of the time, yes, but not when they're picking at each other. Uh, is the presence of the Holy Spirit in my, in my wife's classroom? Yes, because she shows up early. You know, she's playing the Bethel and walking around praying in tongues, right? She's stewarding her atmosphere before the kids even get in there, right? You can feel the presence of the Lord in my wife's classroom more than most churches, okay? So she's identified, okay, here are two things that there is a strategy that if I capture it and implement it, it will take this classroom to another level of kingdom, So she asks the Lord, and the Lord reminds her of this strategy, of this practice that we like to call the greatness I see in you. So what she does is every day she pulls up a student in front of the class, and the other 29 students have to finish this phrase, the greatness I see in you is, right? So a kid gets up, all the other 29 kids, the greatness I see in you is you're a good friend. The greatness I see in you is you're funny. The greatness I see in you is you're smart, whatever it is, okay? What is she doing? She's covertly training kids to prophesy, and they don't even know because they're looking for the gold in each other and calling it out, right? And so what happens as soon as she implements that, the culture of her classroom in those two areas that were lacking a little bit shifts and changes. Total peace, culture of honor, right? And so I, I just want you to capture that the prophetic should become an easy lifestyle. And so... Um, Everybody here hears God, right? Now, many of you, we use the word hear, we use voice, but some of you hear God's voice through seeing a picture. Some of you hear God's voice through a feeling. Some of you hear God's voice by just knowing something. And if someone said, how do you know that? You would say, I don't know, I just know. Oh, well, you're a knower, right? There's hearers, there's seers, there's feelers, there's knowers. And so whatever one of those is your core competency, you can expect an upgrade in that today. And whenever one you feel like, man, I don't know if I've ever like seen something from the Lord, you can expect an upgrade in that today. It'll be great. Whatever it is, upgrades for everybody, right? Like Oprah, you get an upgrade, you get an upgrade. Okay. All right. So (laughs) upgrades for hashtag everybody. All right. That's the plan today. And uh, we're going to have fun doing it. In order to do this, uh, we have to set a healthy prophetic culture. All right. So uh, these are the rules for setting a healthy prophetic culture, what we abide by in our school. Uh, And I've actually run the school for three years and never had to clean up a big mess which is amazing, right? Because you have people from all over the world that are getting together and they're prophesying over each other and they've come from different streams. I loved how Chris brought up the man of God stream, right? And like all, sometimes you meet people and they're like, uh, well, I always see what's wrong, right? 
<laughs> it's like, well, yeah, you probably shouldn't share that. All right. Well, how are they going to know they're screwing up if I don't tell them? Well, that should actually come through a pastoral grace rather than a prophetic grace. That should come through walking with someone, developing relationship, and then speaking as a father or mother. Right? So they may prophetically be getting information, but you don't deliver that prophetically. You deliver that pastorally, right? But there's all these different streams that are all pretty messed up, right? <laughs> so uh, we've got people coming in from all these streams, and we're getting them into a healthy culture. And this is what, how we do this. Uh, number one, prophesying from love, right? Prophesying from love is a big deal. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 10. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially that you might prophesy. So what is the ability to prophesy preeminent upon it is the way of love. So how do you prophesy from a place of love? Well, you need to take responsibility for your heart and choose to position it in a place that you are loving the person that is in front of you before you prophesy over them. Okay? So you can imagine as a government prophet, how many of you know that there are some highly irritating people in government? And pictures just dropped in everybody's mind of your favorite politician to hate, right? Some of it rightly so because some of them are jerks, right? But here's the deal. If it's the kindness of God that will lead them to repentance, how are you supposed to show up as the kindness of God to that individual? So especially when I'm training uh, government prophets, I will pull up highly polarizing political figures and put them in front of their faces. And I say, don't say a word until you have found a place in your heart to love this individual. And then ask the Lord, Lord, give me your eyes for this individual. Give me your heart for this individual. Give me your words for this individual, right? And it helps shift them. And it's crazy. By the end, they're like, man, like, I can't believe that I have love for so-and-so. Like, I see them completely different, right? Because it's only when we equip the body to be able to go up to unlovable people and be the love of God to them that they will have a chance to change, right? So whoever it is that you prophesy over, uh, you, you know, you may, <laughs> so how many of you know sometimes things get messy in family, right? So today you may need to prophesy over somebody that irritates you. That's going to be awesome for you. Hashtag growth opportunity, right? Because you're going to be able to have that opportunity to shift your heart into a place of love, to position your heart to love that individual, right? How many of you know that you only love because he first loved us, right? So if you need to pull his love for an individual in to move from, it's going to be great. It'll be awesome. All right. So if you have to prophesy over Chris, then uh, I'm just playing. Right? Rick. <laughs> Hilarious. All right. Number two, everyone is powerful both to prophesy and to judge. Everyone is powerful both to prophesy and to judge. Uh, you know, kind of that culture that Chris referenced earlier that, you know, only the man of God is the one, the, only the prophet has the ability to prophesy. And we just have to hope that he hears or she hears something for us that's, uh, that's not embarrassing when they publicly speak it or whatever, right? That's super jacked, right? Because the prophet's job in the new covenant, there's a, how many of you know we are a part of a new covenant? Not the old covenant. 
And prophets operated radically differently in the Old Covenant than we are supposed to in the New Covenant. The issue is that most of the records of prophets that we have to glean from are in the Old Testament, which is the canon surrounding the Old Covenant. And so we're like, well, Ezekiel did this, and Isaiah did this, and and, uh, Jeremiah did this. Well, guess what? They were operating with a different agreement between the Lord and them and the people that you have nothing to do with. You're a part of the new covenant, right? Jesus fulfilled the old covenant, and it passed away. Thank you, Jesus. And we are a part of the new covenant, and so the interaction is different. All right? So, in the new covenant, everybody is powerful to prophesy. The role of the prophet is not to hear God for the people, but to equip the people to hear God for themselves. I said this yesterday, but it bears repeating. I know that I'm a prophet, but when I walk into the room, I do not think I hear better than everybody else. I think everybody hears better because I'm in the room, because I'm God's key to unlock you. That's my job. And I all the time unlock people that end up hearing better than me. And I'm like, seriously, God? (laughs) He's like, it keeps you humble, Dub. Don't worry about it, right? But that's an honor to get to be a part of that, right? So everyone is powerful to prophesy. John chapter 10, verse 27, my sheep hear my voice. If Jesus is your shepherd, you hear God's voice. It may come to you through a variety of different things, but you definitely hear, all right? Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 29, let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. Prophecy is meant to be judged. There is not a prophet on the face of this earth that never mishears, that never gets it wrong. If they tell you they never get it wrong, you should probably not look up to them. (laughs) You should probably find somebody who's realistic and that is humble enough to say, you know what, I actually trust your relationship with the spirit of truth more than I trust my relationship with being able to hear for you. And so everything that I prophesied to you, you actually have a responsibility for you personally to take that to the Lord and to see if I heard right. And it's actually, it's actually not that they, they mishear, it's that they misinterpret. We rarely mishear, but sometimes we misunderstand what is meant by what we perceive. All right? So everybody here um, has permission to practice. Everyone here is powerful. Um, so let's, just all, let's actually establish that. All right? So if you are willing to give everyone in this room permission to practice hearing God for you today with the understanding that whatever they say, you have a responsibility to take and judge. Just raise your hand for me real quick. All right, everybody look around. All right. All right, it's been established. Everybody has permission to practice. So say that for me. I have permission to practice. And say this, I have a responsibility to judge. You see, really, I don't know, you might just be able to have that one rule, and you're not going to have any messes, (laughs) okay? That's a powerful rule, permission to practice, responsibility to judge, all right? As long as we establish that, everything's going to be gravy, all right? Uh, Number three, this is a great filter, right? I have a series of filters that I give people in the school of before I open my mouth and say what it is I think that I'm hearing, if I run it through these filters... It's just going to constantly upgrade the word that I have the ability to give. And the first one is take a sec, S-E-C, Why? S, strengthen, E, encourage, C, comfort. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their 
strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. All right? So if you, whatever it is that you're about to prophesy over the person in front of you, just ask yourself, is what I'm about to say, will it strengthen this individual? Will it encourage this individual? Or will it comfort this individual? If it won't do one of those three things, just don't say it. My mentor, uh, Dan O'McCollum, he says this, put your hand on your own dang head, say it over yourself, and if you don't like it, they won't like it either. <laughs> okay? So take a sec. That's going to, like, clean up so much in prophetic culture. Um, let's see. So the deliverer needs to take a sec to check and see if it's strengthening, encouraging, and championing. The receiver, I call this TNT times two. You need to take it and test it. Then either treasure it or trash it. All right? Makes it super easy. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21. Test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. That makes it super easy. I'll, I'll receive it. It's so funny. Sometimes I'll run into people that are like, uh, they've got that old school thing on them, and they're like, you got to be really careful who lays hands on you. Because they might impart something funky. But when you understand that impartation is not actually me taking something that is in me and depositing it in you, but rather true impartation in the kingdom is me unlocking something that is already in you to another level, right? Because that's what the prophet does. You know that the spirit of Christ resides within you. Scripture actually says the fullness of Christ resides within you. you I don't actually have anything in me that you don't have in you. I don't have anything that you need. But I've got a key to unlock something that's already in you to a greater level. So, so, if someone so if someone lays hands on you and something funky manifests, that means that that thing was actually already in you. <laughs> Be careful who lays hands on you. They might impart that funky. Oh, they might unlock some funky. You should probably get that funky checked out. <clears throat> All right. I don't even know how I got there. That's not even in my notes, but you should definitely take a test and then either treasure or trash. I flush words regularly, right? Because I'm around a lot of people that are practicing. <laughs> I'm joking. Seriously, like everybody in here is going to kill it today. I truly believe that because we have a healthy foundation to go from. All right. <clears throat> but occasionally I get a word and I'm like, that was a total miss. Thank you so much. Man, I'm proud of you for trying. Flush. <laughs> Not going to take that, all right? Because that's my responsibility, actually. Uh, number five, you want to rule the gift. You want to rule the gift. Now, this is twofold. Number one, we're going to be doing some activations and some drills, and there's going to be some time limits that are attached to these. And so I'm going to be like, hey, we're going to take 30 seconds, 60 seconds, 90 seconds. And when I say stop, I'm going to need you to stop. Because if you are still prophesying, you might be highly prophetic, but you're also out of order at this point. All right? So the gift is subject to you. You have the ability to turn it on and turn it off. All right? And actually, if you tend to be a long-winded prophetic person or a long-winded prophet, it'll actually help you to learn how to shorten that up. Because you're probably giving, uh, let's be super generous here. Let's say if you give a five-minute word, okay, which is pretty long, right, for most people. If you give a five-minute word, chances are 50% of it on a scale of one to ten is probably a six. All right? And then the other 50%, you're probably killing it with a ten. But you would be way more impactful if you learned to just give the, the, the 2.5 minutes of ten level prophecy, right? 
So it'll help you. It's like with speaking, right? Like I've preached a lot of really bad, really long messages and a lot of really good short ones because it actually forces me to take the, the key points and compress it and condense it and deliver that to you. All right, so it'll be beneficial for you. So be aware of that. Be self-aware that, uh, you know, um, I'm, I'm going to rule my gift today. Uh, next, the other thing is prophesy practically. Prophesy practically. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 32, the spirits of the prophet are subject to the control of the prophets, right? There used to be this mindset of the sovereign prophecy, right? Right? So I can't even control it. I, I prophesy rarely, but when I do, it's because the spirit of the Lord has come upon me, right? And I can't control anything, and I have to say all the things, okay? That's, that's an old covenant mindset. We're under the new covenant. You actually have the ability to prophesy all the time. There's an abundance of prophetic in you. There's no lack associated with that, right? I used to have this picture in my mind of, uh, uh, or, or the Lord showed me this picture to illustrate the lie that I had in my mind because when I was first learning how to prophesy, like I had to dim the lights. I had to turn on the Bethel music. And I had to press in. And if you give me two hours, I'm going to get you a word, brother. <laughs> All right. So one day the Lord showed me this picture. Y'all know the uh, the like white plastic church tables, right? Long rectangles, right? So uh, and he showed me that with like one piece of salt on it. And it was like I had to go find the word. Right. And then he showed me him ripping open a 50 pound bag of salt and pouring it all over the table. And he was like, my thoughts for my people outnumber the grains of sand. He said, walk over and pick up a word. And I realized, oh, I had a lack mindset around the prophetic. It's actually easy to get a prophetic word for somebody because God's talking all the time. Sometimes I run into prophets. They're like, if God's not talking, I won't say anything. And I'm like, you, should use an up- you could use an upgrade. <laughs> How many of you know that when my daughter comes up to me and she wants to talk to me and have a conversation, I talk to her 100% of the time. There's no time that I'm not willing to engage in a conversation with my daughter, right? I mean, if you know, we are not the adults of God. We are the children of God. (laughs) That means that God is willing to talk to you anytime, all the time. There is an abundance of prophetic. It's easy. The prophetic is easy, all right? So, uh, yeah, anyways... So let's talk about how it is that we perceive or receive information prophetically, because every single one of you in here has a different design that God has intentionally put within you, and you receive information from God in different ways, and that's amazing, and that's beautiful, and you should develop clarity surrounding the core competencies with which you receive prophetic information, and then strengthen the ones that you may not naturally be strong in. But if you don't have this conversation, then you're going to miss out on developing your gift to a high level so that you're able to kill it all the time, right? And so uh, it's all about realizing that every sense that you have in the natural, you have a sense in the spiritual that mirrors that, okay? And so uh, we're going to use this verse out of Hebrews that I actually did not put the address on, so uh, somebody can find it. But wherever it is in Hebrews, it says this. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, those who by reason of use, everyone say reason of use, 
have their senses exercised. Say senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Oh, so there is there are senses that are inside of you that are for the purpose of being able to discern things in the spiritual, but they need to be developed by reason of use. All right, so we're going to break this down a little bit, but strong meat belongs to those who are of full age, who by reason of use, that word use is hexis. It means this, a habit, whether of body or mind, a power that is acquired by custom, practice, and use. So when it comes to developing your prophetic skill, it's, it's going to be developed by exercising it. These people have their senses. The word senses there is isetherion, which means faculty of mind for perceiving, understanding, and judging. Having their senses exercised, the word there is gymnazo, which is the word we get gym from. Going to the gym. To do what? To exercise. Gymnazo, to exercise vigorously in any way, either by body or mind. You realize that your mind plays such a strong role in the prophetic. Because however you perceive information, you have to use your mind to interpret that information and communicate that information. So thank God that your mind, which is a part of your soul, has been fully redeemed. You see, there's some people that teach, well, your spirit is perfect. And then the rest of you is, is a real problem. <laughs> but how many of you know that Jesus redeemed all of you? He redeemed your body. He redeemed your soul. He redeemed your spirit. You, all of you, is a brand new creation, right? So your mind is for you. <clears throat> I don't know how that happened. Did y'all catch that right there? I'm a real boy, all right? Listen, I should probably take a drink. I'm 39, by the way. All right, so I've been a man a while. I don't know how that happened. All right, so listen, all of you has been redeemed. All of you is in service to Jesus the King, right? And so that's why Jesus said renew your mind, right? Because your soul is your mind, your mind, your will, and your emotions, all right? So Jesus says, renew your mind, because what happens when you renew your mind, which is really all about just aligning with what God has to say, okay? Why is that important? Because as a man thinks, so is he. Oh, so if you simply renew your mind, which is bringing your mind back to new, then your will, the will that flows from your mind, will naturally be in alignment with the kingdom. And then your emotions is simply the outplay of the consistency of the way you think and your actions, right? So uh, being able to, to use your mind is very important in this, and you have to know there's not a battle between your old nature and your new nature because when you were born again, Jesus took your old nature, your sin nature out of you, crucified it on the cross, and left it in the grave and put his new nature in you. You are not battling with a sin nature and a righteousness nature. You only own a righteousness nature. You may have some habits, some thought processes, some things that ha you have not renewed to align with the truth, but that doesn't mean that there is a sin nature battling within you. We don't have time to get into all that. But just hear what I'm saying. All of you has been renewed. 
You're going to be using your mind. You're going to be using your imagination in these processes, and they're not at war with what God wants to do. Okay? Jesus redeemed all of you. Come on, somebody. All right. So um, when we... When we start talking about senses, right, you were made with senses for the purpose of sensitivity to God. That's why you have senses. In the fall, senses became bent out of sensitivity into sensuality. But you are no longer a part of the fall. You're a brand new creation. You've been restored back to the original, which means all of your senses are at service to be pressed into service to receive from the Holy Spirit. That's why you have senses. And so every sense that you have in the physical, there is a spiritual sense that mirrors it. Right? So like those who have tasted of the heavenly gift, is that a physical taste or a spiritual taste? Spiritual. Oh, so you have, a, you have the ability to receive a prophetic word through a taste, a sensation of a taste that is not actually present. Let's see, I mean, let's see some hands. Has anybody ever tasted something that was not there in the physical? Yeah, come on. Absolutely, right? You tasted something that was not there in the natural, therefore you are tasting something in the supernatural. All right. So let's just run through this. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 15 through 16. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved. Is that a physical smell or a spiritual smell? Spiritual. Oh, so God has the ability to get prophetic information to you by you smelling something in the supernatural that is not there in the natural. So once I figured this out, I was like, well, I want to I want to get a prophetic word by smelling something. So I'm like, Lord, let me smell something in the spirit. Right. Two weeks later, I'm driving uh, in Amarillo. Has anybody ever been to the Great Plains area, the Amarillo area? Right. Okay. It's flat. It's yellow. There's no trees. Okay. I'm driving along. All of a sudden I smell, you know, when you're in the mountains and it rains and you wake up and you smell the like evergreen pine trees, like super. I was so I'm full of great faith. I pulled over and popped the hood. I'm like, there must be something wrong with the car because I'll smell it. Right. I get back in the car. The Lord's like, Hey, you remember you said you wanted to smell something that wasn't there as a prophetic? I was like, oh, yeah, my bad, God. Right? I was thinking it was like my antifreeze. Like, I was like, do I have, like, evergreen antifreeze in my car? I don't know. Right? But I finally caught on, and then he gave me a prophetic word about life in the desert and all these things. Right? And so that's possible. Um, all right, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 5. As he, Elijah, lay and slept under the broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said, arise and eat. I'm always jealous. I'm like, Elijah got like a personal chef angel? That's dope. I'd like one of those, you know. Joke's not for everybody. That one didn't land. I'm taking it out of my next session. (laughs) It's fine. I'm fine. It's fine. All right. But how many of you know if the angel touched him, was that a physical touch or was that a spiritual touch? Probably a spiritual touch. Now, some of you in the room right now, you're like, oh, I've been walking around my house before and felt it felt like someone walked past me or touched me on the shoulder. Oh, yeah, because you have angels in your house that are walking around with you, okay? Spiritual touch. So the Lord can, he can give you prophetic information by doing that. Psalm chapter 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Is that a physical taste or is that a spiritual taste? Not a trick question. Spiritual, there we go, all right. 
Zechariah chapter 5, verse 1. I turned and raised my eyes, and there I saw a flying scroll. Physical sight or spiritual sight? Probably spiritual sight. If not, that was a super dope encounter, right? You had a scroll just flying through the room. That sounds like something out of Harry Potter. I know he didn't bring up Harry Potter in the house of the Lord. (laughs) Training our children in witchcraft. (laughs) You know, the only reason that that caught on in the world is because the church wasn't equipping children to understand what was going on in the supernatural and the spiritual, right? We should take responsibility for that. All right. Uh, John chapter 12, verse 28 through 29. Father, Jesus said, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore, the people who stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said that an angel had spoken. So although in this specific encounter, I think that there was a physical auditory component to it, and yet Three different groups of people discerned three different things, which also tells me there was a spiritual component to it because the level of spiritual maturity that the people were walking in just determined whether or not they discerned, oh, Father just said this about Jesus, or did an angel just say that? Or I think it just thundered, right? There was different levels of discernment tied to the level of maturity. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare. Why? Because they were under the old covenant. We are under the new covenant. Words from the Lord are frequent and should be familiar. All right. And visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. Okay. Eli was blind, not deaf, all right? The lamp of God had not gone out yet, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of the Lord. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Oh, so Eli didn't hear what Samuel heard. So was that a physical hearing or a spiritual hearing? Spiritual hearing. All right, so all of your senses... All of your senses, you have a spiritual sense that mirrors your physical sense. And the purpose of all of those is for the reception of prophetic information from your good, kind, loving Heavenly Father. So some of you in the room will be seer primary. All right. And a way to know if that's probably you is when you were growing up, was your imagination extremely vivid? Did you get lost in daydreams? Did you get distracted by images that would pop into your head? Oh, well, you're seer primary. It's just maybe nobody told you what that was and helped you develop that gift. Some of you guys are hearer primary, right? And so you have these deep conversations running in your head. You're those people that think about what you're thinking about. And then you... (laughs) Then you, okay, there we go. And then you analyze the conversation that you just had in your head, all right? And maybe nobody ever told you that it's not just you talking in that scenario. And that some of those things that you're hearing is actually God speaking. It's just he sounds just like you because the truth is you actually sound just like him because you're made in his image and his likeness. And so you're a hearer primary. Some of you are feeler primary, Right? So you might be, well, I guess maybe I'm an empath. Are we allowed to say that? 
Is empathic a cult? I don't know. No, you feel what other people around you feel because you are wired to perceive prophetic communication in that way. You're very sensitive to atmospheres and to environments. Some of you are knowers, but you would say, well, I'm intuitive. I just know what's going to happen, and then it happens, right? Or you just have that gut feeling, which is right all the time, right? Or a majority of the time, all right? So you're a feeler primary, and God wires you that way specifically. And it's just about discovering the innate design that is in you and then intentionally pressing it into service. I love what Graham Cook says. He says, um, when you begin to do with intention what you have done by intuition, you will achieve acceleration, and so that's the goal of this training. When you come back from the break, uh, we're just going to be activating you in a bunch of different ways. It's going to be super fun. We're going to engage all of your senses, press them into service, right? Scripture says, uh, oh, that you would offer all of the instruments of your body as instruments of righteousness, right? So we're going to intentionally call out each one of our senses, offer it to the Lord, and ask to receive supernatural prophetic uh, information in that way. And we're going to run through some super fun activations uh, that will help you see things, that will help you hear things, that will help you feel things, that will unlock that knowing that's in you. Because actually every sense, even the ones that aren't your core competencies, will help you, will, are available to you to learn and grow in. So even if you're like, well, I've never had that happen before, today's probably the day. It's going to be awesome. But it's wise to know your core competency because when you're in a state of high pressure, you know where to go, right? I know that I am a Habakkuk 2-style prophet. I will look to see what the Lord will say. So I'll catch a picture of a vision, uh, a picture. I'll capture a picture of something that's not there, right? It's like a snapshot dropping in, and then the Lord will talk to me about it, right? So I'll never forget when, like, the acceleration into prophesying into government came super fast for me, all right? And so I had to acclimate myself to that. And so I'm in the foyer of a president's office. I'm about to go in and talk to the president, and I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. But I was able to remember, you know what? Every time I have a core competency in seeing then hearing. So I'm just going to put everything on pause and say, Holy Spirit, please show me a picture and talk to me about it. Holy Spirit's like, no problem. We've done this your whole life. Shows me a picture of a fire truck and a bouncy ball. I'm like, this is great. You realize he's a president, right, Lord? Like, <laughs> but you have to know how to interpret what you see, right? So what did that fire truck and that bouncy ball mean to me so that I could communicate the message, not the picture? Because the prophetic word is not what I saw. It's what it means. So I didn't tell the president, yes, Mr. President, I was in the foyer and I saw a fire truck and a bouncy ball, right? That'll get you kicked out real fast. I just shared with them what that meant to me, the finished product, right? The gifting is not the gift. You have to take the gifting and interpret it and craft it into the gift that you give, all right? So we're going to be doing a lot of that. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's 6.01, so I'm going to hand it over to Chris for the break. Yeah, so uh, School of Kingdom Prophets started three years ago. I, start, I had 12 students in my first year because I'm very Jesus-like. <laughs> Some of y'all get that on the way home. It's cool. Uh, I lost one. He betrayed me. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> um, 
the next year I uh, had 65. This year we've got 175, and it's just really been growing. We have a lot of fun in there. I actually have two core values that I live my life by. Uh, number one is if I can't laugh, I'm not going. And so uh, we have a lot of fun in there. Number two is uh, if we're not changing the world, then I'm not playing. And so we have a good time in there. It's all online. Uh, we laugh a lot. Uh, I am all about equipping people in the prophetic. Uh, up until this point, the last three years, the school was called School of Kingdom Prophets um, because uh, my spiritual father in the prophetic, Daniel McCollum, he was like, hey, Dub, you know, what you're doing in government's awesome. You're infiltrating culture. You're bringing change. But if you really want to see the change take place that um, you want to see, you've got to replicate yourself. And so with kind of a narrow mind, I was like, okay, well, I'm a prophet in government. I'm a kingdom guy first, so school of kingdom prophets. And, but what I realized was, you know, out of this 175 students that we've got now, there's probably 12-ish prophets in there. And then the rest are kingdom reformers that are highly equipped in the prophetic, right? And so they're getting equipped in the prophetic to go and advance the kingdom in whatever sphere of influence is available to them. And I was like, oh, that's what I need to be doing. So we're actually rebranding this year from School of Kingdom Prophets to School of Kingdom, right? And so what is School of Kingdom for? It's for uh, prophetic reformers, for prophetic innovators, uh, for prophets and for apostles. So if any of those spheres is you, which all of you are, then this school is for you, all right? So we do uh, a, an hour of prophetic activation every night. Why? Because if you were here yesterday, you heard me speak on it. The ability to prophesy is the attribute of a king. For those of you who weren't here last night, when God is uh, anointing Saul to be the first king, all right, not priest, first king of Israel, he says, you are going to go and meet a group of prophets. You will begin to prophesy, then go and do what must be done. Oh, so the first man that was going to be king of Israel didn't get sent to a government class, didn't get sent to a leadership class, didn't get sent to a communications class, didn't get sent to an economics class, didn't get sent to a war strategy class. He got sent to one class, which is learn how to hear the Lord so you can be a king. And so all of you, you need to be equipped in the prophetic because all of you are kings and priests to the Lord, all right? And so when we roll through this school, you know, you're going to get kingdom revelation, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. Kingdom is numero uno, most important. Why? Because it's the first thing that man lost. You have to ascertain what is the kingdom and what is my place in it. So we dig into that in a very practical way. It's all built on good father theology, right? Because the kingdom flows from the heart of a good father. So if you have theology where dad is mad, that's a huge issue. And it's going to limit every area of your life, right? A lot of us came into the kingdom through what? The bad news. The gospel is actually the good news, but most of you got born again because what happened to me happened to you. I'm an 11-year-old boy. Uh, my parents were atheists at the time. An 11-year-old friend comes up to me and opens the conversation like this. Hey, man, you ever heard about hell? I was like, no. He tells me about hell. I'm like, I'm an 11-year-old boy. I don't know much, but I know that's not good. All right. Then he's like, but if you ask Jesus to be your Savior, then when you die, you go to heaven. I'm like, well, what's heaven? And he points up in the sky. He's like, well... It's up there, and you, like, sit on a cloud and sing to God all day. I was like, all day? He was like, all day. I was like, for how long? He's like, forever. I'm an 11-year-old boy. I was like, that's not a whole lot better than hell, but it's a little better, so I guess I choose that, right? But the issue is when you're evangelized through the bad news, you're introduced to an angry dad. 
who is ticked about your sin and somebody's going to pay. And luckily, he was about to smite you. And Jesus was like, no, daddy, and threw the block, right? And because the father murdered his own son, now he can stand you. Well, that's nice. <laughs> right? <laughs> you see, theology is super important. Because theology simply means what you believe about God. And if you believe that the cross was all about payment for your sin to God rather than purchasing you from the trap that you were in of sin, death, and the grave, then that's a huge issue. That's actually a new theology called penal substitution theory. Oh, so the people that came up with this stupid idea knew enough to just call it a theory because it's not true. All right? God's not mad about your sin. God has compassion for you, right? How many of you know that most of us have been taught that sin brings the wrath of God? Not scriptural. The law brings wrath. Sin actually brings grace. Where sin abounds, grace must more abounds, right? God was looking to rescue his people through Jesus. He was in Christ, on the cross, reconciling the world to himself, right? All right, so we start with good father theology. God's not mad. He's for you. Jesus didn't go to the cross to change God's mind about you. Jesus went to the cross to change your mind about God, actually. The cross is not a picture of what God does. It's a picture of who God is. Right? So we get all our theology straight. We do kingdom revelation, good father theology. Actually, I call that killing angry dad theology is what I call that. Uh, righteousness, consciousness, right? Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all things will be added to you because the kingdom is where you belong. His righteousness is why you belong. If you don't have a righteousness consciousness, then the enemy will constantly disqualify you from engaging in the kingdom. You might know the kingdom. You might know that the kingdom is a real deal, but if you don't know that you're righteous by a gift from Jesus and that your righteousness has actually nothing to do with what you do and everything to do with what he did, then the enemy will constantly disqualify you from engaging in it. What does a righteousness consciousness mean? It means you have a sin consciousness if you are at any time more aware of the sin that may or may not be present in your life than the truth that you are just like Jesus. Everyone repeat this after me if you're willing to. It's not a trick. All I'm going to have you do is proclaim a scripture, all right? 1 John 4, 17. As he, Jesus, is. So am I here in this world. Not when you die and go to heaven. Right now, here. Hey, y'all are awesome. Y'all are still repeating after me. I like it. <laughs> Listen, as he, Jesus, is, so are you here in this world. That is the highest truth that is present. And so you have to align your thinking with that. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin so that I might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. As he, Jesus, is, so am I here in this world right now. That has to be the place that you live in and from, righteousness, consciousness. You've got to develop that prophetic skill, accuracy, clarity, power, verbal engineering. I train you how to prophesy. By the end, you'll be prophesying covertly, pulling the Christianese out. Right? Being able to prophesy to anybody, anytime, anywhere. All right? Supernatural lifestyle. That's what we're in the midst of right now, this six weeks. It's a lot of fun, right? Bilocational awareness, angels, all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, developing self-awareness and emotional intelligence. That, these are the two things that are most lacking in prophetic communities in America. Because the prophetic has been so rejected by the American church that... People get weird with it. 
<laughs> right? The reason that I have such a high level of receptivity to my prophetic in high levels of government is that I've been intentional to develop self-awareness, understanding how I am, how I operate, right? And how to, to, to strengthen myself in areas that I'm weak and emotional intelligence. What's going on with people around me, right? The higher, higher levels of influence, the tables that I sit at, Whoever is at that table that is the most self-aware and the most emotionally intelligent, their agenda gets pushed the furthest. So we as prophetic kingdom reformers and innovators, we have to develop that. We have to know, know thyself, right? That was like Plato or somebody, all right? Not the clay, the philosopher. Uh, <laughs> you have to understand how you operate, not as an excuse. I hate that, right? Well, that's just the way I am. Well, that's not why you learned how you operate. You learned how you operate so you can recognize your weaknesses and you can grow that, that other part of who you are, right? And then understanding how people around you are receiving you. How many of you have ever received a prophetic word from a weirdo? It might even have been a good word, but you weren't able to receive it because the whole time you're just like, this person is off their meds. <laughs> right? <laughs> We've got to develop prophetic people that are able to just, just be expressing the prophetic all the time in a non-weird way. Victorious eschatology, we get into that for six weeks, right? Your view of the end times is going to determine the power and passion with which you move right now. If you think the whole, everything's getting darker and the whole world is going to hell in a handbasket and you're waiting on Jesus to come back on a rescue mission, you're not going to engage the potential that you have to change the world. So we get into all that good stuff. So you're going to walk away with some crazy uh, upgrades in your theology, uh, a huge competency boost in when it comes to your prophetic gifting, the ability to do that. You're going to walk away with a reformational mindset because that's the season that we're in. How many of you know, have noticed there hasn't been a big revival in a long time, a big sustainable revival? Why? Well, is God withholding something or is he trying to pour something else out? And we're not recognizing it. In my experience, God is a giver. He is generosity. He's trying to get something to us. We have a bunch of people gathering in churches crying out for revival, and this is hilarious to me, while they are expressing all the benefits of revival already. You get a bunch of people in a room. They're praying in tongues. People are getting healed. They're prophesying, and they're crying out for revival. And I'm like, hey, y'all are already revived. I don't know if you did. Like, y'all... Y'all have it. It happened. What happened was revival, right? <laughs> You're a product of revival, but you have been revived for the sake of reformation. God has revived you so that you can be the answer and the solution to the world around you. This time we shift into reformation. How many of you understand that the systems of our culture are jacked up? And they're jacked up because we haven't showed up as the answer. We haven't infiltrated with the mind on where is the most influence, authority, and power in this structure, and how do I get in that seat? Right? Because you carry the heart of your father. Right? Right now we have a bunch of orphan kings that are making decisions for the nation that your children are growing up in. And that's not good for anybody. So you should be taking those positions of power, authority, influence, trusting yourself that you carry the heart of your father and you're going to leverage that for the good of everybody. 
All right, so reformational mindset, it's a big deal. School of Kingdom, I'd love for you to be a part of it. How can you get engaged right now? Uh, number one, get the app. Download School of Kingdom on your phone. It's on the Google Play Store. It's on the, the App Store and Apple, all, all the places. Download that. Uh, for free, it comes loaded with the Intro to Kingdom course, preloaded. So you can get on there, enjoy that. Um, I want to invite everybody to come to the School of Kingdom graduation in Canyon, Texas, May 29th and 30th. It's pretty much just a free conference. I'm flying in Michael Dalton from California, who is a beast, prophet and kingdom revelator. He's a monster. All right. So it's going to be me and him teaching all weekend. You're going to get crazy value for free. Um, Then in June, I'll be doing five weeks of free teaching online. Okay. So I'm going to hit uh, five weeks. You can come check it out, see if it's a good fit for you. And then School of Kingdom, uh, year 21-22 starts in July. Love for you to be a part of that. Uh, that program is 2400 bucks, and you have me from July through May. So pretty much 11 months. Uh, we do take December off, but I always give you free content in December anyways. Uh, so 11 months, 2400 bucks. Uh, my mentor, Dan McCollum, he, <laughs> all the time he's like, Dub, this is a $6,000 program. I'm like, thank you. I'm going to have to grow into that, all right? So 2400 bucks right now, uh, and we'd love for you to be a part of that. So thanks for promoing and giving me an opportunity to share. Um, I'm looking to put kings in thrones. So whatever sphere of influence you're made for, I'm looking to develop you and equip you to go out there and kill it where it is that you're meant to be. All right, so say what? Yeah, so uh, that 2400 bucks you can do at a 200 a month payment plan. Yeah. So, <laughs> good question. I should have said that, actually. Thank you for bringing that out. All right, so that's what's up. That's where you can find me at. We have a good time. Uh, let's get into some activation. Y'all ready for some activation? Ready to practice? All right, so let's re-up. Everyone say, I have permission to practice. Say this for me. Uh, it might be me, but it's probably God. That's the mindset that you should always prophesy from, right? Because if my daughter comes and asks me to speak to her, I'm going to speak to her every single time, all right? And so if you are positioning your heart as a much-loved son or daughter of God to hear something on behalf of a brother or sister that's around you, the probability that God is going to speak to you is 100%. The probability that you're going to interpret what you hear correctly is on a varying scale, as you press in and work that muscle and get skillful at it, right? But we all have permission to practice. So as long as you play by the rules, there's going to be no messes. It's going to be amazing. You're going to be blessed. You're probably going to want to have your phone out with a recorder because you're going to get some awesome words from some people around you, okay? And if uh, I always say this, if you don't want to participate, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do, right? Because I'm not the boss of you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, we're we're going to... um, First of all, I just want to get everybody queued up. Uh, we're going to go about four hours in this session. It's going to be great. <laughs> I'm just playing. Uh, Gary leaves. <laughs> hilarious. Uh, so um, the first thing I want to do is just kind of plug us into, uh, into this, this spiritual realm, into the supernatural realm, right? You know that you are a three-part being, right? Spirit, soul, and body, all right? So... It's all about just shifting your awareness into that part of you that is engaged in the spirit realm all the time. It's just you're not aware of it all the time, right? Because how many of you know that your spirit man is bilocational? Meaning that your spirit is fully seated in your body, 
in this room right now, and your spirit is in the person of Jesus Christ, seated with him in heavenly places right now, right? And so you are a spiritual being having a physical experience because you were in him before the foundations of the world, and you will continue to exist for eternity, right? And so um, it's all about just shifting your awareness into, okay, what's going on in the supernatural realm, right? Because there's angels in this room right now, right? There's, there's like all sorts of stuff going all the, on all the time. It's just that usually we're ignorant to it because we're not paying attention to it. And so um, the other uh, little key I want to give you before we shift into this activation is that your imagination, the purpose of your imagination is the interface into the spiritual realm. That's the reason it was given to you. Think of it like a projector, okay? Whatever you plug your imagination into is what's going to be broadcast, all right? So how many of you have ever had this experience? <clears throat> Your spouse leaves the house, and right afterwards, you hear ambulances going down the street. Like, oh, she just got in a wreck, right? And what if this happened? And like, you play the whole scenario. What happened? You plugged that imagination into that projector into the spirit of fear. How do you get out of that? You unplug from the spirit of fear, plug into the Holy Spirit. Father, remind me of some prophetic words over my wife that haven't been fulfilled yet. Oh, I know that you're faithful to keep her until that's accomplished, right? And so you shift back into peace, right? But it's all determined on what are you plugging your imagination into? Daniel McCollum says that your imagination is the most powerful nation on earth. I like that. That's pretty sweet. All right, so um, this is what we're going to do. The first thing we're going to do is we're just going to uh, run through our senses, right? Uh, Paul said, I, I, I would that you would offer your senses as instruments of righteousness, right? So uh, the first thing I want to do is let's go after sense of touch. This is a fun one, all right? So just put your hand out in front of you. And if you're comfortable, just repeat this after me. Thank you, Lord, for my sense of touch. I offer it to you right now as an instrument of righteousness. I ask that you would let me feel something prophetically. And now I just want you to tune in and see what you feel. Some of you are going to feel a temperature shift. Some of you are going to feel a weight. Some of you are going to feel a texture. You might feel sand running through your hand. Whatever it is, you might feel whatever it is. What do you feel? Say that again. Feel something rubbery. Awesome. Come on. Somebody else. Who else felt something that wasn't there in the natural Texture. What kind of texture? Expanded fingerprints. Nice. Somebody else? Slime? <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Awesome. So, um, and listen, like, you're going to get more and more unlocked as the day goes. So, like, if you didn't feel something, no problem. Right? We're going to find your core competency, and that's going to come to you super quick. Okay? And the rest of these you can just continue to press into. So when you think rubbery, what do you think of? Just word association. When you think rubbery, what does that make you think of? The Incredibles. Come on. All right. So the mom, Elastigirl, is that where you're going with that? All right. So what might the Lord be saying to you through that? Reach far. Come on. Nice. 
That's perfect. You see how easy that is? Whenever I talk to my daughter, I speak to her in words that make sense to her, right? And so the way I've, I've spoken to her has changed as she's gotten older, right? So one of the big keys in the prophetic for me is what does that mean to you, right? So what you just modeled for us, I felt something rubbery. What does that make you think of? Elastigirl, what is God saying to you? Reach, girl. Okay, so you see how the message came through the process, right? She felt something rubbery in the supernatural because there's nothing in her hand. And what God was saying to her was reach for it. Remember in the last session, I said, I'm about to go in and prophesy to a president. I see a fire truck and a bouncy ball, right? But what does that mean? That means that there's a fire that this guy is worried about that needs to be put out right now, but that he's going to bounce back. You're going to be able to go and take care of that issue and bounce back. It's not going to take you out, right? So I didn't tell him I saw a fire truck and a bouncy ball. I shared with him, man, I just have a, a feeling. I have an intuition that there's a fire that you need to put out that's urgent right now. He's like, yes, this is true. All right? So I'm like, man, I just feel like you're a man of a lot of wisdom. Like, I think you're going to be able to handle that. You're going to be able to bounce back, right? And so what have I done? I've shared the gift, not the gifting, with the individual, and now I've shifted into the flow, right? Because it's all about how do you get into the prophetic flow, right? So I was faithful with what I had, and then God gives me more words of knowledge surrounding the specific fire that he needed to put out and words of wisdom surrounding how to put that fire out. But how, and so I was able to go in and shift the direction of an administration of a nation, but it started with seeing a fire truck and a bouncy ball. Does that make sense? So don't disregard the simple, right? One of the most powerful words I've ever given somebody. I'm walking down the hall at a conference. This guy walks up beside me. Father's like, hey, tell him he's a good dad and he protects his family well. And I'm like, okay. Like, I'm like, that's not a very impactful word, right? I turned to him, hey, man, I just felt like the Lord, it was a Christian conference, right? So I was over it with it. Uh, hey, man, I just feel like the Lord says you're a good dad and you protect your family well. Boom, freaking bursts out in tears. Okay, the kid is okay. But two years before, he had run over his kid in the driveway. And ever since that day, the enemy had, you're such a terrible father. You couldn't even protect your own child. How could you run over your kid? How could you be so careless? And just this tormenting spirit had just been on him for two years. Can you imagine that? And that simple word, hey, man, you're a good dad and you protect your family well, broke that thing off of him. So don't underestimate this, what a simple word can do. Don't underestimate what a bouncy ball and a fire truck can do. The idea is, what does that mean, right? How do I interpret that, right? How many of you have ever gotten a word from somebody where they stopped with the gifting and didn't give you the gift, right? It's terrible when they're weird and they do that. <laughs> there's just like purple swirling all around you. And there's like jewels dropping out of your right ear. There's a peacock feather growing out of your nose. I just want to bless you with that. You're like, thank you. Proud of you for trying. Flush, okay? That doesn't help anybody. But it's because I realize that they haven't been trained. That's your gifting. How do you interpret that into the gift? Right? So that's what we're equipping you to do. All right? Awesome. <laughs> all right, let's do another, uh, let's do another one. Let's do... Um, Let's do sense of smell, all right? So just say this. Thank you, Lord, for my sense of smell. I offer it to you right now. 
as an instrument of righteousness. Please give me a prophetic word through smelling something supernaturally. All right, so now just take a few minutes and just smell. And some of you are going to smell something that is not in the room. I won't give any examples because otherwise you're going to smell that. <laughs> but just pay attention. It might be a smell that you really love. It might be a smell that you really hate. It doesn't matter. If you smell something and it triggers a picture, a word, a knowing of a substance or a thing that is not here right now, just pay attention to that. I'll give you about 10 seconds. All right, awesome. Who, who smelled something that's not in the room? What did you smell? Chlorine. Chlorine. Adriana. Metal shop? Shrapnel. Shrapnel. All right, nice. Yes. Eucalyptus. Awesome. All right, what does chlorine mean to you? Clean. Come on. Cleansing. Awesome. What do you think the Lord's saying to you through that? What I heard was uh, a cleansing agent. And I actually think it's an upgrade from that for you of, man, when you walk into a room, the, the power and purity that you walk in, uh, the past work that you've done, you actually shift things and you bring clarity, you bring cleansing to atmospheres, to situations, to people. Does that resonate with your heart? Come on, awesome. What do you think of when you think of metal shrapnel? Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah, so what does a CNC machine mean to you? Come on, awesome. So you see how all of this is just a conversation. It's just knowing what are the right questions to ask as you're processing out the information, right? So what is God saying to you through the detail, um, through, the, uh, through the design, all of that, the intricacy of that? Is it, what, what do you think that's in reference to in your life? Everything, right? Let me ask you this. Are you and your husband right now designing, creating a new life? Yeah. So you've come to a new place, you're in a new season, and you are designing what you want your life to look like. And, and, and the CNC machine takes the design, and then it creates what the design, in the, it's a computer program in the unseen realm that the CNC machine produces from the unseen realm into the seen realm. Does that make sense? So might this be speaking to the season that you're in and the process that you're in? Yeah, I think that there's a, a prophetic key here for you and Ryan to, to sit down and to engage intentionally with that process. Like sit down and say, okay, what do we want our lives to look like here in a year? And get detailed with it, right? Because I'm, now I'm just guessing prophetically here. Um, has it been more general, the process that you're in? Like you're just trying to get your feet under you and get a few things figured out and how do we live in this new place and season? Okay, perfect. So it's an invitation into, okay, let's get more detailed with this thing that you're creating. Make sense? Come on. Awesome, awesome. All right. How are we doing on time? Okay, awesome. Uh, let's see. All right, so um, 
Okay, I'm going to shift a little bit. But you can sit down. You can do this by yourself, guys, right? You can prophesy over yourself. You can, uh, I used to do this when I was, uh, like, really training myself in this. Uh, I would, because, you know, Facebook always gives you the birthday list of everybody whose birthday it is. So I would just use that as a random allocator of people to prophesy over, right? So I would just pull up the birthday list. Okay, I'm going to prophesy over every, everybody that has a birthday today, right, and send it to them as a gift. And so do that. Get the birthday list and then offer a sense to the Lord for this person. Get the word. See what it means to you. Run it through these filters, right? Is it strengthening, encouraging, and comforting? Uh, and, and prophesying practically, all those things. And then um, send it to the individual, right? This is an easy way to engage it in your life and to grow in it, right? And uh, so... Let's see. Let's talk about, I want to, uh, like I mentioned before, I'm a Habakkuk 2-2 style. Uh, so I will stand watch, set myself on the rampart to watch and see what he will say, right? So the way it works for me, there's two different types of, uh, of seer that are found in Scripture. The first one is called the Raha, okay? Everybody say Raha, okay? And that means to catch a glimpse Uh, whoa, if I could spell, that'd be good. I'm good at other things, all right? Uh, Raha's catch a glimpse. The other one is Jose, all right? Jose, can you see? All right? Get it? That was a seer joke. All right, it's fine. Don't worry about it. That means to gaze into, okay? So uh, Samuel was a Raha seer. That means he caught a glimpse. So what would happen for me is I catch like snapshots of images, still images, okay? And then the Lord will talk to me about what I just saw, okay? So like one time I was, uh, when I first started to catch on that that's what's happening, before I just thought I was like a squirrel guy, right? Because I would get distracted by like random images, okay? But now I realize, oh, that's how God speaks to me. That's a core competency, right? And so I'm talking to this guy and I catch a glimpse of a penny over his right shoulder, I'm like, okay, well, what does a penny mean to me, right? That's what you should ask yourself. What does that mean to me? Well, when I think of a penny, I think of Abraham Lincoln. When I think of Abraham Lincoln, I think of freedom. And so I'm like, hey, man, I think that like the Lord is is walking you into, there's an opportunity here for a new level of freedom, right? And as soon as I was faithful with that little bit, I get the rest of it, right? And it was a powerful word that impacted him, but it came from catching that glimpse and then the Lord talking to me about it, right? Picture into a conversation. Uh, the Jose is to gaze into. So if you grew up as a daydreamer, right, and you would get lost, you know, and uh, your friends are like, Earth to you, right? Like, come back. What's happening? I don't know what's happening in Chris land right now, okay? <laughs> right? And so, but that means like to gaze into, to step into. That would be like a Daniel or a John the Revelator type seer, okay? Um, so how do we, some of you are already connecting with me because that's your core competency. And you're like, oh, I catch images too. Or, oh, I, I see visions and I can step into them, right? I might see a picture of a house, but I can walk into the house and see what the inside looks like, right? Like some of you, this is not your core competency, but you're about to get an upgrade in it because that's my core competency and I have the ability to impart an upgrade to you in that, all right? So it's so cool when we see God himself training a prophet, in Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 9 through 14, it says this, Then the Lord put forth his hand, touched my mouth, and the Lord said, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. 
See, I have this day set you up over nations and over kingdoms to root down and to pull down, to destroy and throw down, to build and to plant. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And Jeremiah said this, I see the branch of an almond tree. And the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for you are ready to perform my word. And the word of the Lord came to me a second time saying, what do you see? I said, I see a boiling pot. It's facing away from the north. And then the Lord said to me, now I used to have this weird thing about the Old Testament where I thought that they had like crazy upgraded experiences compared to us, right? And I first caught this because I'm reading about Moses and there's the burning bush, right? And then God starts to speak to him. And I used to think it was like a big booming voice. I am that I am, right? Big booming audible voice. But then I'm like, What if God was speaking to Moses the same way he speaks to me, a quiet, still inner voice? And I'm like, oh, well, that's why Moses had to ask a second time, who did you say you were? Do you think if he heard a big, booming, audible voice that he would have asked a second time? No, you're going to get that the first time. Oh, so Moses heard the same way I heard. So I used to think Jeremiah was because he's a prophet, right? That God said, what do you see? And he's like, I see the branch of an almond tree. And it was stretched across the sky. But now I'm like, he was probably sitting underneath an almond tree. (laughs) And God's like, what do you see? I see a mic stand, (laughs) right? Like, I see the branch of an almond tree. God's like, yes, now let me talk to you through that. I used to think you saw this huge pot of boiling water tilted over towards the north, right? He was probably cooking dinner (laughs) under the almond tree. I'm so serious. Why do I feel so confident about that? Because that's how Jesus revelated. Hey, you see that flower? It wasn't like, I want you all to picture a flower. No, he was like, you see that flower right there? Let me give you a crazy kingdom revelation triggered off of that flower. Right? You see the grass of the field? You see the cattle on that hill? Jesus would just point at stuff in the natural, and then he would impart supernatural truth. So if you want to train in that, the easiest way to begin to train is just to say, God, this is what I see around me. What are you speaking to me through right now? Did you know that the purpose of creation is to speak the glory of God? Come on. And, and what is man-made things? Can God speak through man-made things? Heck yes. Because how many of you have ever heard uh, T.D. Jakes break down that uh, God never made not one table? He made a tree. And the table was hidden in the tree, right? For the record, he stole that from Miles Monroe, but that's fine. (laughs) I'm not protective. But here's the deal. Man-made things, I mean, this is like, man-made things are amazing because it's, it's sons taking what their father made available and manifesting it to the next level. Like, I've always been drawn to cities. I'm not a nature guy, right? I know a bunch of men are disappointed in here. I thought Dub was a real man. <laughs> the men's retreat, we're going camping. I won't see you there. <laughs> camping is what everybody did before we figured out houses. And houses were an upgrade. All right? <laughs> you won't find Dub in nature. But here's the deal. If I can get to a city, I'm like, yes. New York City, love it. My favorite city on the planet. Las Vegas, second favorite, right? And so one day I was talking to the Lord about that. I'm like, God, like, why do all the men in my church, like, they can't wait to go make life as hard as possible for two days together? Like, what's the deal? 
And he's like, he's like, they're just enjoying the gift of their father, right? That's what that's about. But I was made to take the gifting that's in the son and pull it out. I was made to help people manifest the dreams that's inside of them. So when I go to an amazing city like New York or Las Vegas, I get passionate about what man has been able to produce because I'm made to help people produce what's in their heart. I'm made to help people manifest what's inside of them, right? And so um, I don't even know why I got on that. That's fine. Maybe I had a prophetic intuition someone was going to ask me to go camping. So at least that's been settled, right? All right, I'll zoom in. Okay, if we can. I'm that guy that got to the Grand Canyon, and I was like, I'm with my wife. How long did we look at it? I don't know what you want me to do with this. Like, I love looking at pictures of nature, right? It's awesome, all right? But there better be air conditioning and internet, or I'm not going to be. That should actually be my third core value, right? We got to laugh. We got to change the world, and there's got to be air conditioning and internet, or else it's not happening. All right. So, anyways, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna do a little exercise called uh, looking to see what the Lord will say, and um, what I want to do is I want to uh, I want to model it with a few people, and then we're gonna uh, we're gonna find a partner. And you're going to do it over somebody. It's going to be awesome. Super easy. Everybody say, I have permission to practice. It might be me, but it's probably God. All right. So let me get, uh, let me get uh, four people up here that want to prophesy. Actually, right here would be good. So four people stand up right now and come up here. <clears throat> I will cough names. <laughs> I've been known. <laughs> Penny. Excuse me. I'm fine. <laughs> come on. Yeah, come on up. Who else? Who wants to try it? It's easy. It's fun. It's going to be great. It's going to be a good experience. Right there, it's perfect. Yeah, because you're going to want to be able to see the screen. Yeah, come on, Zoe. Yes. What's your name, man? Thomas. What's up, man? Come on. Thanks for being bold. Yeah, come on. You're going to kill it. Everybody's going to kill it. This is super easy. All right. Uh, now, let's see. Um, so, y'all just keep your eyes looking this way. All right. I'm going to pick somebody to receive a word that you're not going to know is going on. Okay, perfect. All right, so let's see here. So Lydia, uh, I'm going to tell you what picture to throw up on the screen there. And so what's going to happen is a picture is going to go up on the screen. Uh, you're going to look at it. You're going to say, Holy Spirit, draw my eye to something on this picture. And you're going to notice a detail and then you're going to say, okay, Lord, what does that mean? Okay? And then you're going to interpret what it is that that thing your eye is drawn to. You're going to run it through. Is what I'm about to say strengthening, encouraging, and championing? And then you're just going to speak it out. Hey, whoever this word is for, this individual knows, okay? Whoever this word is for, I think God is saying this to you. All right? And so, Lydia, put up the uh, picture of, um, let's see. Put up a picture of the fish screen, the fish screen. And I'll model this, and then I'm going to just hand it off, okay? And so uh, you're just going to look at this, and then let your eye be drawn to a specific aspect of it, and then you're going to prophesy off of it. What, is, what does it mean, the piece that I was drawn to? And so uh, get it. <laughs> 
All right, so whoever this is for, uh, what I'm seeing for you is that you've had a vision and you've had an idea and it's time to leap forward and move into the depths of that vision and that idea. And so I want to bless you in that and I want to encourage you in that it is time to, to take charge and, and to move forward. I was drawn to the um, just the water, like the, the water coming out. And what I was um, hearing like is like bursting forth, like bursting forth like the like the rivers of water, rivers of living water, you know, like his presence. Yes. Nice. Okay, I was immediately drawn to the fish. So um, yeah, so whoever this is for, I really see that you're being moving in different places, so even in different atmospheres um, that maybe people cannot go. Um, but you're going to be able to go there um, and be able to even um, sustain and bless people and see things in people that maybe you couldn't and other people wouldn't see. Um, but yeah, just really um, being able to do you know, almost like the impossible. You're like, no, I can never do this, but you're going to be able to do it. Um, I was also drawn to the fish. And what I see from the fish is coming out of coming out of behind the scenes like behind the by behind the tech part and jumping into something way bigger a, a challenge if that makes any sense awesome good job yeah super good all right so uh, what is your name? Mary Jane. Mary Jane. Did any, any of that resonate with your heart? Was it strengthening, encouraging, comforting? Mm, yeah, yes. Awesome. Very cool. Are, are you a person of few words? Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. You're great. All right. Good job. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yes. That'll work. All right. So does this make sense? All right. So uh, this is what we're going to do. Uh, everybody that's willing and ready to participate, you're going to stand up. You're going to find a partner. We're going to put a picture up, and then you're just going to take about 30 to 60 seconds to share with the individual that's across from you uh, that you've partnered up with what it is that you see in this picture for them, and then the other person is going to go. That's going to be great. <laughs> it's too late. I don't need pity celebration, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. All right. Um, if you will throw up the picture of, let's go with the cliff sit-up picture. All right, so everybody stand up, grab a partner. You're going to have about 30 seconds to pair up. No one's going to bite in here. It's all good. All right, does anybody want a partner that doesn't have a partner? Raise your hand up. All right. Yeah, Joel, prophesy over Chris. Get him saved. Need this. <laughs> All right, anybody not have a partner that wants a partner? One person, come up here. Oh, I'll, I got to come down there so we can see the picture, actually. All right, everybody else is good, right? All right, sweet. Oh, it's a little smaller than I meant for it to be. Sorry.
Oh, boom. Thank you. All right, about 15 more seconds to process. Whoever is the tallest is going to go first. <laughs> I heard it in the room. Who's going to go first? I settled that for you. All right, person number one, go. Ten more seconds. Give me one second. Sorry. I got to tell them the next group to go. You're good. You're good. All right. Person number two. Person number two. Ten more seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, good job, good job. All right, so let's see, uh, let's see hands in the air for if you got a good word, if something landed with you. Come on, whoop, whoop. Awesome, yes, good job. All right, so uh, I want you to shift, find a new partner, find a new partner. We're going to do this again. Let me get the picture of, let me get the bendy truck, the bendy truck. All right, who does not have a partner? Everybody has a partner? Awesome. All right, we're going to take about 20 seconds, 20 seconds to process. All right, the person with the coolest shoes is going to go first. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All 
All right, person number one, go. Thirty seconds, thirty seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Person number two, go for it. If both of you already went, get another word, do it again. Thirty seconds. If you're done, you can pull another word and go again. It's great. Ten. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Good job, good job. Give your partner a pound, fist bump. <laughs> All right, awesome. All right, so now we're going to shift from seeing into hearing. All right, so what's going to happen is you're going to find a new partner, and then I'm going to have them play a song from the back, all right? And it's going to be a secular song. <gasps> Come on. And so um, and what you're going to do is you're going to listen. We're going to let it go through the first verse and chorus. And you're going to listen and see what word or phrase stands out to you. And then you're going to use that as the trigger into the prophetic word. The same way as your eye was drawn to a specific part of the image, now you're going to let your ear be drawn to a word or a phrase from the song. And what does that mean for the person in front of you? You're going to run it through what? SEC, strength and encourage, champ, uh, strength and encourage, comfort. Man, I just made up biblical stuff on this. That's my bad. Thank you, thank you. Comfort. I don't even know how that happened. It's fine. All right. So find a partner. Find a partner. We've been exercising the sight. Now we're going to exercise the ear. 
Does anybody not have a partner that needs one? If so, put your hand way up in the air. All right, awesome. Just one, come up here. I got you. I will be your partner. All right. Uh, everything all right? <laughs> Hilarious. All right, let's do a little... Uh, um, Play that Billie Jean for me. I've got you. Do you need a partner? All right, awesome. All right, turn that up a little bit for me. You're looking for a specific word or phrase that stands out to you as the trigger into the prophetic word. Awesome. Perfect. All right. So you can take about 15 seconds to process if you need to. And then the person with the first name that starts with the letter closest to A is going to prophesy first. rightly to handle them with care and that you're his girl for bringing healing to people's hearts. Does that resonate with you? Very much so. Come on, awesome. Yes, and, and it's, it's just so um, for those in the most spiritually dark places where they're most like I'm, I'm in this school of the prophetic mm -hmm. and that's what I identify like with the Lord as my mentor and those in the most spiritually dark places and education and schools. Ah, wow, come on. Yeah, but awesome. I mean I noticed 
Hey, come on. Yes, I love that. All right, give me one second. All right, person number two. Person number two. about 30 more seconds, 30 more seconds. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. All right, awesome, awesome. Find a new partner, find a new partner. Remember, gymnazo, going to the gym. We're exercising the senses, right? We're putting in reps. Putting in reps. All right, does anyone not have a partner that wants one? Right there. Awesome, awesome. Right here, okay? I got you. All right, awesome. Uh... Give me some uh, friends in low places. Perfect. All right, you can take about 15 seconds if you need it, and then we will start to prophesy. We will go with uh, whoever has the longest hair. <laughs> See how I set myself up there? <laughs> we'll go first. <laughs>
Uh, 10 more seconds, then person number two go. into arenas of life where uh, it's, it's an arena of Come on, 10 more seconds, 10 more seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, so we've, we've used a sight trigger, right? We've used a hearing trigger. Now we're going to move to a feeling trigger. All right, and one of, the, one of the most powerful things that evokes emotion is uh, instrumental music. All right, so we're going to use a couple of soundtrack musical pieces that don't have lyrics, and instead of listening, uh, you're going to be allow yourself to feel what emotion does this music bring up in me, and what does that mean to me, and what does that mean for the prophetic word that I'm about to hand to the individual uh, that is strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. So find a new partner. Find a new, remember, you're at the gym. We're putting in the reps. <laughs> awesome. Come on. Does anybody not have a partner that needs a partner? All right, Gabe. All right, right over here. Perfect. All right. Anybody else? I got you. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're going to do two of these. Uh, the first one is going to be a little shorter. The second one is going to be a longer experience. Uh, start with that, Mr. Tumnus.
I'm serious, Joel. Take it seriously. Perfect. All right, take about 15 seconds. Uh, the person who lives the closest to this church building Hi. will prophesy first. <laughs> so I, I felt like I sensed, but I felt silk. The cloud of silk, and I just felt like flowing like a river, you know, and I just felt like God, God makes you good quality. Special quality, you know, it's not cotton or anything else, but it's specialty, and that His presence flows through you, like just so smooth where people receive it. Everything, like other people, strive to give what you release, but it just flows out, and just people just sense His presence in such a way that everything you you speak that comes from Him, they receive it, and they 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 like what is that word? Um, you know when you get something special and you, you take care of it? Like, I don't know. There's that word, but it, it doesn't come to mind right now. But they just cherish it. They cherish what you get, you know, because of the quality that it comes to from you. So, yeah. Thank you. I received that. <laughs> I like that. Ten more seconds. All right, person number two, person number two. Thirty more seconds. Thirty more seconds. Awesome, thank you. Thank you. 
10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Awesome. All right, we're going to do this one again. We're in the gym, putting in the reps, finding a new partner. This is going to be a longer piece of music. We're going to let it build. And so um, stretch yourself a little bit intentionally. Give a longer prophetic word than you have up until this point. All right, so find a new partner. Yeah. Anybody not have a partner that wants one? Lift your hand up high. All right. There's a lady right behind you. All right. Adriana over here. Anybody else need a partner? All right, right there. Sarah, perfect. Zoe, me, Joel. All right. Roger, right here. All right, anybody not have a partner that wants one? All right, play that uh, interstellar piece for me.
All right, awesome. So share with the individual that you're with the town that you were born in and the person who has the town that is closest alphabetically to A, prophesy first. Them that came in. It was like something was being woven together, and then like the rhythm came in. Thirty more seconds. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. All right, person number two, fire off.
was yeah. good. Yeah, man. Come on. Ten more seconds. Uh, one more. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, we've got uh, one more activation. So we did an activation with sight. We did an activation with hearing. We did an activation with feeling. We're going to do one more activation with knowing. All right? And so uh, this is how this one's going to operate. You are going to be on an assignment to go to five people and to give them the first word that pops into your mind that you know about a strength of theirs. Okay? And if it's somebody that you try to find people you don't know, if it's somebody you do know, ask Holy Spirit to let you know infused knowledge of a strength, a greatness, an attribute of theirs that you were unaware of before and just speak out that one word. Does that make sense? So what would that look like? Uh, that would look like joy, all right? That would look like friendship. That would look like authority. Does that make sense? Just one word, boom, boom, boom. All right, so that's it. Go find five people. Give them one word of what you see in them. Just ask Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, let me know something about their character. All right, once you've given a word to five people, you can have a seat. All right, you got about 60 seconds, 60 seconds. <laughs> 30 seconds, 30 seconds. Once you've given a word to five people, go ahead and grab a seat. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. All right, great job, everybody. If you want to grab a seat for me real quick. Well done, well done. Everybody grab a seat. If you're still prophesying, you're very prophetic and slightly out of order. <laughs> so I will affirm and...
All right, perfect. Sweet. All right, so let me see the hands of everybody that received a good prophetic word tonight. Boom. Everybody that participated. Awesome, awesome. Why? Because God is in this. He's for this. He likes this. He enjoys it, right? And so uh, there you have it. Um, if you want to download the app, School of Kingdom, uh, the most important thing about that is that uh, that is going to put, uh, that's going to put us in contact so that I'm able to keep you updated uh, with the free School of Kingdom conference that's going down in May. Myself, Michael Dalton, I'm flying him in from Palm Springs, California. He's a monster. Who here has heard Michael Dalton, by the way, make some noise? Beast, beast. Uh, and so you're not going to want to miss that. That's going to be a blast. Um, five weeks of free online teaching in June. I think I'm going to do a series called uh, Kingdom Intelligence. And so uh, we'll break down what kingdom intelligence looks like and then some other areas of intelligence, uh, whether it's emotional intelligence, cultural intelligence, relational intelligence, all of these things, but through the lens or the view of the kingdom and what that looks like. And so you'll be able to access that for free and uh, really make the final decision of, do I click with Dub? Is this a good match? Or do I think he's an arrogant jerk and I'm never going to be around him again, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, let's find out if we're a good mix and uh, if we can run together, advance the kingdom together, build the kingdom together. Uh, I'm all about equipping, right? Equipping prophetic, apostolic kingdom reformers and innovators. Let's change the world. Uh, somebody needs to do it, so it might as well be us. We'll have a blast while we're doing it. And uh, so that's all I've got for tonight. And so, Pastor Chris, if you want to come close it out, thanks for having me, y'all. It's good stuff, amen? Uh, so we're actually not done yet. So, I mean, if you got to go, you got to go. That's what it is, right? And you miss out. It's okay. <laughs> Might need to move in that correctional pastor organ. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just uh, Man, uh, has this been good? Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, so as I mentioned earlier, uh, we really are trying to promote uh, SOKP, which is School of Kingdom Prophets and all that. And the second six weeks this year um, was Righteousness Consciousness. And uh, the book that we read was um, Two Kinds of Righteousness. Um, and so, uh, what we really wanted to do was, uh, bless somebody with this. There's actually, uh, Sarah, uh, y'all two, you and Roger, come on up here. Um, it's all right that you don't have shoes on. So it's okay. It's all right. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Sarah. so, um, Sarah and Roger are both in school with us. And uh, Sarah, actually, uh, we asked her to just write a prophetic word in this book. So Two Kinds of Righteousness, it talks about the um, um, righteousness nature that you have, the God nature as a son or a daughter of the Father. This book is highly, highly valuable. And uh, so we want to bless somebody with that. Who in here has the book? Because I know it's more of us that don't. Who has the book? You do have it. So... All right, there's your field, whoever the Lord shows you, and you're going to, you can either, however you want to do it, just go. Oh, perfect. Okay. 
<laughs> um, so I already knew who I was going to give this Ooh. to, actually. Is it Tangela? T okay. Perfect. Um, so I wanted to give you this book. I'm just going to say a little something to you real quick. Um, so earlier, I, I knew I was going to give it to you, but I asked God to show me something about it because I did put a word in and I do believe it's for you, but there, I wanted something more on it. So um, earlier, I kept seeing, um, it's going to sound weird, so go with me, um, <laughs> my imagination. Um, but it, I just saw like a really, really big heart and I saw like this little girl playing like inside. It was a scene inside of a heart. And it's just this little girl like playing outside, just kind of running around, just so joyful, so peaceful, just in her element. Um, and then it was like I saw these two big hands come into the heart and take it out and there was it was that picture that scene um, Being moved into a smaller heart and it was like this is um, I just kept hearing like that's you like this is who he's created you to be uh, this is literally um, Just that heart is you. I don't know how else to explain that um, so yes, I just believe that you're going to come into, uh, or you're coming into this season where you're just learning to have that more intimate moment with him. Um, and so through that, I think you're just going to have some victory in your life over quite a few things. So there's that. Woo, it's good stuff. So, uh, thank you, Sarah. Um, that doesn't mean you have to leave your husband. Um, so... Another thing uh, is that we, we learn and something that, you know, we, we walk in just here at CORE uh, is just prophesying it in, for anybody at any moment, at any time, uh, always ready off of anything, clothing, your look, something, like everything we just learned tonight. And so uh, Roger's really uh, awesome at that, you know, I'm just going to brag on him. He's uh, wild and crazy, and this one, we're going we're gonna to keep it under 10 minutes. Can we go... Can we go under like, you know, two minutes and just go for it, brother? We'll, we'll see what the Lord has to say. <laughs> um, gentlemen, the, on, the, on the end, the second to last row. What's your name? Yes. Mike? Michael. Um, so literally when my wife was passing the book over, I, your, your face was just, I was just highlighting you to me. Um, and what I was seeing and it, it was, was just, uh, there's a, a heart just coming out of your mouth. And I feel like God has just positioned you into a place right now where love is just going to overflow out of you just naturally. You're not even going to have to like, God, how can I love them? It's just going to flow out of you because he knows you want to love everybody. And so I feel like what God wants, to, wants you to know today besides that is that you are his love. You don't have to force it. You don't have to try to be it because you are love. You are an expression of his love. Every fiber of your being was consumed out of his love, was made from his love. And so love just flows. Just you being, you are love. And so just know that you don't have to force it. Just when you walk into the grocery store, boom, love walked right in with you. <laughs> so when you walk into the workplace, boom, right there, there goes love with you. And so I just, yeah, I really just see that, that love is just it's gonna shift the atmosphere in places that you would have never thought it would have changed, so. Awesome, man, yeah, awesome. Thank you all guys so much. Um, here you go, Raquel. <laughs> <laughs>
you know, one of the scary things about doing this is like, you're like, um, you know, you hear something here and you think, nah, nah. <laughs> Wait, let's go back to what you thought you heard, but, but what if you get it wrong? Like, oh, dang it. <laughs> so I'm just going to go for it. Um, what's your name with the hat? Gabe. Gabe. Um, I just feel like, yes, the peace is coming. Wherever you're at, wherever you're going through, whatever you're going through, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to make it sound like your life is chaos. <laughs> it's supposed to be positive. <laughs> I just feel like this is one of those things where you're afraid. She's like, what are you saying to me, lady? Um, I really, I just feel like, yes, the peace is coming. The peace is there. Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. Uh, <laughs> she says, I'm going to go sit down. <laughs> Man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so if you didn't know, we are very authentic. <laughs> and we're very real. There's no other way to be. And uh, it's the only way we know how to do. All right. So the other thing is uh, we, we are, we're, we're going to give away uh, an identity session with Dub. And uh, I asked him how much of this could I explain or whatever, and he said, give the whole thing away. <laughs> so what happens is, uh, is you're, uh, he gives you homework, and you've got a week to do it. Uh, you get five people to give you five words that they would describe you as. Um, and then uh, there's, there's a couple positive words. Yeah. <laughs> Loser, bum, good for nothing. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Five positive words <laughs> from each person. Uh, there's, there's, there's a couple of other steps about how, how what, what father would say about you and just, just a couple other steps where you end up getting... 25 words from other people. You get several words, what you're hearing the Father. You get to list out the 10 things that if you money wasn't an option or uh, was no object, I guess. 10 things, right? Is it still 10 things? 10 passions. 10 things, 10 things that if money or in time was not an obstacle, you would love to do. And, and, so, and then Dub's got this uh, mad, crazy Excel something, I guess. I don't know. He's, he, I don't know what he does. But he... He sits down with you, you know, you send those to him and he processes through those. Uh, and then he sits with you for another hour and uh, may, maybe not an hour, but um, and it's a process of elimination of questions and answers that you give. And it what it does is it funnels down uh, who you really are meant to be, who you really are, I guess is a word to say it. And when I did my my uh, identity statement. Out of the 25 words, I, I, I believe it was nine of them uh, were father, where people, nine, nine of the 25 words were father. Um, there were other friend, uh, words in there, uh, loyal friend, um, uh, courage, um, and, and things like that. Protector uh, was in there uh, a lot. Warrior was in there. And so when that, within that process, um, I was blown away. Actually, during my um, hour with Dub, 
there's, there's also a part in there where you, you actually declare the statement of who you, who you are. And in that process, I don't know if you remember this, um, he, he says, okay, so just say this phrase. And as I said this, I, I instantly had an attack from this side. I heard from this side of, my, of where I was sitting, I heard, uh, that's a lie because of this, this, and that, or something like that. And I said, I told him, I said, man, bro, I just, he goes, I saw it. I saw it. It came from that side, didn't it? Like instantly, this is all Holy Spirit movement happening, and it radically changed my life. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you my identity statement. Um, I am the true kingdom father. I am the protector of the family. I am his loyal friend. I am the integrity of God. I am kingdom courage. I am honor and I am truth. I am the true kingdom of father and the protector of the family. As his loyal friend, I am the integrity of God. I am kingdom courage, full of honor and truth. And, uh, Um, I know that's who I am. And um, I try to remind myself every day that's who I am because there's these things that pop up from life, right? And in that moment, I, I no, no, I don't act that way because that's not who I am. I'm a father. No, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't go there because I'm honor. I don't go there because I'm not just a friend. I'm a loyal friend. When it comes to stuff with, with the, look, if you're visiting with us, hey, we love you the same. But for, for those of you who partner with us at CORE, man, I will fight for y'all in a heartbeat. I'll run somebody out that door in a moment over y'all. And I mean that literally. Uh, uh, we do believe in the back stuff behind the washhead. <laughs> uh, um, and that's who I am. And it, it took hearing from people close to me and a mentor to help funnel that all through the Holy Spirit to get back to the revelation from Holy Spirit as to what Father's heart was for me, for me to know. It, that's not what his heart was. His heart was for me to know it. That's who I am. And all that because of this, and I love it. I, I, you know, Raquel's is mind-blowing. She read hers a few weeks ago, and the whole prophetic decree thing is really, really amazing. Um, and so we were talking, you know, who we felt, you know, we were just kind of looking for words of knowledge, just whatever else. And, and really what we, what we said is, Larry, we felt like God wants you to have that. And so uh, I'll, I'll get you guys connected however we need to. And uh, Core Church is going to buy that for you. It's, we're blessing you with that. Um, so, yeah. So uh, thank you all for hanging in there tonight. Uh, I know it's uh, a little bit late, so we're going to, would y'all stand with me just, uh, um, sorry man, I'm still a little rock. <laughs> ah, it's good stuff, amen. Uh, Father, we just thank you. Can you know what, can you just voice that out loud with me? Yeah, come on, just tell him again. You feel that shift right there? He's so good, yeah? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. See, gratitude brings a higher level of everything. 
Man, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, so much. Lord, I thank you for the unveiling that has happened here tonight, for the unlocking that has taken place in our understanding. I thank you, God, uh, for clarity. Um, and I thank you for what you're going to do tomorrow. I pray tonight for full-on rest for all of us, Lord. But while we are resting, I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would go mad crazy over us. That our spirit and your spirit would just simply go to a deeper level of communion. And that there would be some major things unlock so that we can step into greater capacity uh, tomorrow when we come to this place. Lord, we're going to come in here tomorrow and we're going to worship our guts out. We're just going to go for it and we're going to see you do some more just crazy things in our life and unlocking uh, think more things uh, that we need to step out of so that we can step into what you want to do, Lord. We thank you so much tonight. I thank you for every person that's here, every person that's going to watch this on YouTube or hear the podcast. Lord, we just, we, just, we just speak those blessings tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen. and amen. So be it. Amen? amen? Yeah. Well, God bless you all. Hug somebody's neck. Uh, you know, not too tight unless they made you angry. No, I'm just, oh, is, uh, is tonight daylight savings? All right. So if you're late, man, we can go behind the watershed. So we speed up an hour tonight, right? There you go. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Oh, one more thing. Oh, I forgot. Uh, so we, um, listen, Dub did not say I will only come for this many zeros. No, he just, he just came, drove down from Al Murillo. He's got some other stuff to do. Uh, but uh, man, we really want to honor this guy. We want to exchange value. Yes. That's what father does. He it's, we're all about value exchange. And so I would highly ask that you would just pray, see what you want to sow and invest into him. Um, and so you can do that. Uh, of course, a check or cash towards us. We, we we're going to give everything toward to dub. Uh, you can see Sarah right here. Uh, you need to come up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Sarah, uh, can show you how to give online if you need to. On our app, there's a, a special guest, um, a speaker, guest speaker tab. So anything that you give there, everything goes to Dub, and we want to really send him off tomorrow. Uh, we don't really want to send him off, but we want to bless him uh, beyond belief. Amen? So just think about that. We love you all. God bless.